0: As an industry, we've made it our business to learn about games, how they work, about their resonance, and their successes or failures, but there's a human side to the industry as well. My name is Paul James, and welcome to Dev Diary, a series that explores and celebrates the incredible feats of people behind the games, as we dive into their stories, the highs, the lows, and everywhere in between. In this episode, I'm joined by Dakota Suave, current senior producer at Mighty Kingdom, so join us as we explore his journey. So today I'm joined by Dakota. How are you? Good. How are you? Very well. It's been, uh, it's been, well, both of us busy days, but uh, it's an awesome way to wrap it up and get to have a really cool chat with a really fascinating guest. So thank you so much for coming aboard.
1: Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it.
0: So this is Dev Diary, a series where we talk to developers from throughout the industry. They share their stories, their experiences, and the journey that's led to this current point in time. And as I highlighted, there's some really fascinating aspects to you and what you've done in multiple different industries and now in the in the gaming space and we'll get to all of that shortly but before we get to that stage I'd love to rewind to a point before your time in the industry before your professional working career even and and just kind of talk about some of your early experiences with games where did where did they come into your life what was your first game do you, any of those sorts of things do you recall
1: yeah absolutely um look i've always been a lifelong gamer to be completely honest Um, fantastic without you know all the strings attached to that that comes with it um i'd say n64 was definitely my console of choice and game boy advance as well so like pokemon banjo kazooie i don't remember like the very first yeah yeah those are are the classics i don't remember the first game that i played specifically but i would say that yeah banjo kazooie banjo tooie all the predecessors and successors all have a very special place in my heart, I would say. Um, also, very huge in the game audio, and Grant Kirkhope is by far one of my favorite composers.
0: Legend status, yes. Grant.
1: <laughs> Absolutely.
0: One day, Grant, you will be on this show. I can't wait for that day, but uh, until then, we'll just keep idolizing you from afar. But yeah, I mean, there, there's some fantastic titles to start with. I mean, I was a Super Nintendo kid myself when I, when I grew up, but you know, eventually migrated to the 64, and it was those exact same titles you're talking about, especially the Banjo titles where... I just couldn't get enough of them
1: yeah no absolutely i don't know what it was just about like sort of being something about bipedal animal characters too like i had this weird affinity with like star fox adventures and um not so much like the um the the ones that are based in the r-wing but the ones where you're like star fox oh, adventures yeah. where it's more like 3d platformer type stuff just always love those kind of games uh, growing up and snowboard kids like yep. snowboarding racing games games that i don't know i would i would tell friends about and they're just like mm, that sounds weird let's play it <laughs> and, and I was, they all fall in love with it as well absolutely yeah they would, we would always um my house when i was a bit younger was sort of the hub to get all the local gamers around and we would yeah. have like oh, i would every year was literally just focused on my birthday because i would just invite everyone over and like all their friends we would just have this big shebang and we'd get together have pizza um, Guitar Hero at one point was big on that because I'm a, a big musician yep. um, as well. Um, yeah, I don't I don't so much play like gamified music games or anything like that these days, but like just absolutely loved it back in the day.
0: Well, I mean, unfortunately a lot of those sort of titles have really I guess in in the more c- consumer-facing sense, like the the big titles, the the Guitar Heroes and the rock bands, they've kind of faded away again after that brief resurgence a few years back. So there's less yeah. options out there for people than than there once was, or at least it's true. less high-profile ones. I'm sure there's some really fascinating indie projects out there that fit that bill, but certainly those big, really highly marketable ones aren't aren't there right now. But yeah. they might make a resurgence, and who knows? You'll be having those giant parties again, and everyone's coming back. <laughs> I don't know about that, but you know. You can see my guitar? <laughs> we'll guitar just now, actually, just behind the behind my ah,
1: awfully dusty. <laughs> Yeah, it does happen. I mean, there's still like DDR, although it's more like yeah. dance focused, still very music heavy, and uh, Beat Saber, I think is another one? Oh yeah. Have, just, just,
0: have you tried Beat Saber? I haven't
1: actually. It, oh, it does add that. it does yeah, it does interest me, I will admit. Um, yeah, you reckon it's pretty good?
0: Yeah, I am I'm, I'm in love with it. And I, I play it on the PlayStation, so I don't even have the you know all the mods and you know, all the the fan-made stuff that you see on any of the PC based VR systems and even even then the the basic suite, I guess on the PlayStation side is still fantastic I, I love just jumping in every now and then it's a great excuse to to dust off the VR and even shed a few calories in the process
1: Oh, I, I imagine that would be amazing for VR to be honest yeah. I haven't I've played VR once yep. um, I definitely have an interest in it more in like the immersive behaviour of it like yep. more of the psychological like you know for well-being and that kind of thing but I mean I just imagine that it's heaps fun the um, yeah, entertainment side just, still yeah, yeah? Awesome.
0: fantastic as well
1: is, has it gotten any better with breathability? I don't know if it was just me, but like I put on the helmet and I was just sweating within 5 minutes.
0: So what what did you try? What was the one VR uh,
1: unit I that you tried? I don't know the name. I can only imagine it was an Oculus Quest because it was one of the first type ones, like yeah. when it was first coming out and it was oh, like the old Development installs one, yeah. Uh, oh, not like DK the very very first version that wasn't very commercially uh, available, but yeah. yeah, one of the earlier versions. Uh, tell you the brand yeah but. some of the wireless waste
0: sort of stuff yeah Look, <laughs> if you played at the wrong time of year yeah it can i think it can still absolutely get sweaty it'll be really interesting to see what happens with this kind of next gen of vr that's starting to roll through with obviously what is still going on in the oculus space but even playstation vr 2 and i mean that's presu- uh, from all reporting less than 12 months away so really? um, uh, and as a as a sony pony myself like i'm i'm pretty excited for for what that VR unit can can present and some of the possibilities there, but yeah, I mean VR is just a really exciting space, not only for the games, but also as you said, some of the some of the mindful stuff and the well being potential within those. The, I mean, like I, I'm a big fan of basketball, and you watch I watch the NBA playoffs, and w- while we don't have these sort of options out here over there, you can just jump into the VR and and watch the game that way. Like there's there's so many opportunities that can stem from that platform that I'm I'm really fascinated to see how it goes in the future.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Also, um, I did get a little bit distracted. Did you say Sony Pony? Is that an yes, actual phrase? Yes, I, uh,
0: <laughs> it's amazing. I have, love it. I have been called that as a as just someone who I guess has a little bit of. A, I prefer my Playstations to my Xboxes and Nintendos and yeah, PCs, gotcha. for example. So the
1: Sony affinity is like. I've got that Pony, affinity, that's like, and so that no, no, that's cool. that
0: gets me. Yeah, I mean, some people just straight up call me a shill, which I appreciate even less. But uh, yeah. <laughs> um, it's the, th- the things you cop when you're kind of in that games media side Slash you're a teacher
1: <laughs> When yeah, you're a teacher and the true. students that's catch
0: true. wind of it yeah. they, they'll, they'll try and have a little crack whenever they can But yep. we've, we've gotten off topic a little bit there at the end But uh, I mean, and we've spoken about some of your favourite games early on How did those tastes evolve as you grew up? I mean, we obviously again touched on kind of the musical side as well But do you have any particular favourite genres that you really You know, seem to gravitate towards these days Or particular franchises, anything like that?
1: Yeah, I would definitely say Nintendo, ride or die till the end. Um, I still have a Switch; that's my only console currently. Um, fantastic! Been fantastic. Platform. Yeah, just to keep up with games like um, I've been playing the newer Pokemon games, like uh, Legend yep. of Arceus and uh, Brilliant Diamond, Shining Pearl. Yep, those have been fantastic. Just the nostalgia still shines through, even though they're just modern renditions of like previous games, and they add you know different storylines and and obviously new Pokemon and and Pokemon that i don't know some of them a little bit unforgivable like um (laughs) the the there's rubbish and garbador oh and and there's there was one that really triggered me it was the ice cream cone one oh yeah uh, yeah. vanilla i think vanilla vanilla becomes vanilla and all sorts of stupid yeah just i wanted to like catch it and just name it like ice cream cone double ice cream cone and little ice cream cone, single scoop double scoop (laughs) to be fair like i'm just being a hater they um yeah to to be able to repurpose ideas and find new spins on different sort of animal knock, not knockoffs like versions of animals yeah. and yeah I, I think it's great and every single um series there's always like 10 to 50 of them that i just gravitate towards and i love that i've always been like a big advocate like i said before like the bipedal humanoid games and just games where you play as animals as well like there's a lot of indie games that they have like really good sure. gifts of their um material and it's just like Boxes in monochromatic scenes, and it's just really cool. Like, um, the first tree was one. Yeah. As well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was pretty good. A very storyline-driven though. I'd say. Sorry, we're getting off topic a little. No, bit no, longer. no, no. Please, let's you know, <laughs> let's
0: keep going. Cause I've,
1: I mean, I can go down that well with you. It's all right. Look, my my current favorite genres would be Pokemon as a genre, and uh, <laughs> casual first-person shooters that also have co-op capability because yeah, right. it's All it's sort it of the way I socialize with friends these days. Yeah. So just you know, being being an adult, we're a bit more time compressed. We have other priorities and other ventures that we want to spend more time with. So it's a good excuse to catch up with your mates and do a phone call, Discord call, whatever. And um, and
0: play a game at the same time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So Deep Rock Galactic is definitely one. And uh, Left 4 Dead 2 has been a yes. recent resurgence for sure. And um, yeah, a new game game that's just launched in early access called the anacrusis I
0: oh think. yeah yeah anacrusis yeah i'm yeah. aware of that one
1: really cool it, it's basically i don't know it's almost like a reskin of left for dead with a few new tactics and everything it's like very similar yeah, yeah yeah yeah. it's like a 70s based retro futuristic type thing it's, it's really cool highly recommend um the gameplay is really solid the fact that it's in early access i didn't really find anything that i was like you know, as a game developer I would have done this or, you know, know. Which is a good sign, right? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. It's solid. Like they need to add a lot more content to it and work out some kinks and everything, but overall, yeah. And that's why it's game. in early access, right? That's right, that's right. They're doing it smart.
0: So I mean, look I'm just gonna lean in briefly into the the um, the animals again and you know being upright and whatnot. There there's one that I saw and maybe it's potentially one for you to keep an eye on. It's it's only just in Kickstarter at the moment. Um, but I, I learned about it only a couple days ago. It's called Master Key. It's a little fox. They're, they're dubbing it as a as a one bit. What was their exact plug? Let me see if I can find it. A one bit Zelda like, full of secrets. It's like it, it's kind of monochromatic. It's a little fox. Yeah, it's it's in Kickstarter right now. I think there's about two, three weeks, something like that to go. And I'm just I'm watching this space. It's coming to Steam. It's coming to the Switch. And I'm just
1: yeah, you know, I'm pretty sold. It I me. and again, that and Zelda
0: just... component, I'm like well, <laughs> yeah. there we go. Yeah,
1: so. something about um key art as well that can just grab me. And I swear, there's yeah. a lot of games That's on Steam that my I've eye just in the first wish- place. listed yeah, or just bought because I was like, all right, that key art's great, or the art direction looks fantastic. And I've played a few of them, and admittedly, I was like, mm, not really a fan, but like it's pretty.
0: <laughs> so. As, as we kind of steer back into the conversation a little bit a little bit but also you know, nice little segue um was there a game through all these years and all these different experiences or even a collection of games that you played that perhaps guided you towards a pursuit of developing games now there's you know and we're going to touch on it shortly there was multiple different chapters that weren't the game development scene along the way but i mean how early did that dream emerge was there a game or a collection of games that really guided that at all
1: to be completely honest, um, no, there wasn't. There wasn't a specific game or set of games that drove me towards game development. Um, truth be told, I was I was one of those people that was raised, um, and not not outside of my own volition. Like you yeah. know, there's environmental factors and everything. But uh, that sort of thought anything artistic was not a viable career pathway. So oh, I yes. sort of strayed away from it until my adult years, never thinking that it was a possibility. But you know i still always had that artistic output and you know, mostly music driven like i can't draw for the life of me but you know i have a decent eye for design both. yeah cool <laughs> i'm glad that we can empathize No, i
0: don't have the musical side either
1: oh well i'm sure i'm sure you There's have something, something this, podcast is, this, no, podcast this podcast is no this podcast is creative absolutely 100 yeah. everybody's got something no matter what i would never bag anyone can talk. for being like too. <laughs> i hear you uh, me too sometimes <laughs> when my mouth wants to cooperate <laughs> um yeah, so I guess there's not any specific game that drove me to game development. Um, my journey into game development as a career pathway sort of stemmed from almost one conversation, which is a bit hilarious. Oh, go um, on. Not, not to, like, you know, put a little, um, <laughs> like, treat in front of you or anything. Um, it, it's, it stems back to when I was in high school. We had a bit of a band going. So we yep. toured around my state, which I'm originally from Cleveland, Ohio in the US. So I moved to Australia about eight years ago and yeah we we had this like we called it metalcore back then and it's yes. basically um a band with like half screaming and half singing you know like heavy metal for half of it and then the other half was like pretty pop punk singing and everything so we we're in that band for quite a few years and the other vocalist had kind of said to me that hey you know i'm i'm moving away i'm going to florida to study and i'm going to study game development uh specifically 3d art and what's what's hilarious is we've got this like garage full of musicians that are like starving artists and we're just like good luck with that <laughs> you're not going to make any money from that <laughs> um and lo and behold you know he's done great things for himself and he's made a really just very inspirational career in the industry and like big props to him Fantastic. and yeah i mean he's worked on pretty high profile games like doom doom eternal quake um yeah right. so I mean, and he's just really, really good at what he does. So, mad props to him. Um, well, I mean, we've still kept in touch over the years, but we had a conversation about, I think, maybe three years ago? Three that case is still fairly so. recent. Pretty recent, yeah. And he was talking about doing sort of some indie development, and he wanted to, I don't know, pursue something on the side. And I was like, ah, oh, that sounds like a pretty recent thing i know indie development's been around for quite some time but i feel like a resurgence has well not a resurgence but like a really big influx popularization yeah yeah absolutely has happened over the last maybe five years i would say and even more so since covid hit that it's become just so accessible that i don't know i feel like most of the people i talk to in my circle are in in some form trying it out well the um, the
0: tools are so much more accessible as well from what unreal does to you know to unity and all and so many other engines out there as well like they're they're so easy for someone to just get their hands on and go for it not even with illegal means like they're just there
1: a hundred percent yeah it's fantastic i love it so much that it's so accessible and same can go for music production which i'm sure we'll talk about briefly at some stage just because uh very very dear to my heart special special game audio um so yeah like we we had discussions we just did a a facetime call and caught up for like three hours and he was telling me about like his next endeavors and he had all the stuff lined up with another artist and they were going to head up this whole project and they did a whole like market analysis and all this stuff and i'm just like that sounds amazing and very comparable to what i was doing for work at that point so at that point i was doing more corporate project management so i worked in industries like engineering and it in the past and so that'd be things
0: like rockwell automation there's solitaire automotive there's iconics and solutions plus right all of those kind of fit in that yeah that's right.
1: right that's right so um i'd say Probably the only caveat to that one would be more of the automotive, but that yeah. was sort of just, yeah, that was its own little, um, how would you say? Uh...
0: Keep your float, <laughs> means to an end. Yeah, an end. yeah, let's
1: go with that. I was trying to find a very, very nice way to put it. Um, it wasn't a bad gig, it just, not for me, long term. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, you got to try these things to work it out. So, yeah, um, kind of went down that, pathway of project management, which I loved, I, I truly did. I actually studied computer engineering uh, back at uni, decided yep. to um, defer and drop out and move to Australia and ideally pick it back up when I got here. But luckily, I was able to get hands-on experience with these roles that I didn't feel I needed to go back and sort of finish that pathway, to study. so very fortunate there. It doesn't always work out for everyone but I definitely am a huge advocate of continued learning, regardless of what your credentials are. So,
0: Oh, I mean, and audience, I know you're sick of it. As a teacher, like I wholeheartedly agree. Like it's, <laughs> there's the, that continued learning thing is super, super important. There's, yeah. you know, even within the nature of my profession, yes, I'm, I'm meant to be kind of the expert in the room, but there's always stuff that you can learn and extend in other ways and develop your practice and all those sorts of things. And that that's applicable across every industry. So... Um, no wholeheartedly agree with that and it's yeah it it is really fascinating that obviously you did have those other career paths prior you spoke about how you know the creative side wasn't necessarily something that you were steered towards or maybe even discouraged from pursuing early on so was your heart in it through these various different jobs over the journey now obviously you've kind of spoken about the automotive side of it and that that was clearly more a bit more something you only learnt once you were in that okay this is not for me but um and obviously as you said you don't necessarily know that until you're actually in it and you try it and that's right like, it yes was a means know. to an
1: end and that, that's totally fine i learned so many skill sets while working there that um are applicable to my role now that it was right. not like lost um that yeah, it wasn't sure.
0: wasted time that's no, awesome
1: that's right yeah absolutely so the the journey up until this point uh being a producer in game development um well the the corporate project management definitely led me down that pathway and was was critical to it because a lot of the skill sets as a producer are transferable, right? It's almost mimicking my previous job just in a more creative space, which is exactly what I wanted to be completely honest. So I just never thought it was viable. You know, everything in in society tells you that you need to go to uni and have a, a degree that's in demand and has a stable job security and outlook. And to be honest, I just, I don't know that job security is something you can always. I mean, look at the pandemic. I mean, yeah. it's it just everyone's vulnerable saying,
0: in an instance like
1: that. That's that's right. So, I guess in that maybe that was what gave me the leap of faith, the little push to to do it. But yeah, I guess over the years I've built these skill sets in in project management, working for these like tech and engineering companies, and I loved that work. I really did, but there was just something missing, and I sort of. I guess satisfied it for a long time on the side by doing my own creative endeavors, uh, which was mostly music production and specifically sort of more adaptive game audio stuff. Yeah. So that was where I always got my hands dirty with the creative side, which is great, because I did find that since like quitting the band and moving to Australia. I just I was always missing that piece.
0: That creative side was not being uh, fed, I guess. Hundred percent.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and it was really unfortunate. And I I became. I felt a lot more like myself when I sort of implemented it to the day to day. But basically, this conversation that I was having with my previous band member—it band member, it does all tie together, I promise. No, I'm sure it does. <laughs> um, he he mentioned that he was going to do this little indie thing, uh, and I don't mean that to sound as though I'm—I um, love independent game development. I'm I'm actually very upset that, unfortunately, spoilers—the opportunity didn't happen. So we did a lot of groundwork, set all the kind of project management systems up, uh, got it rolling, did more of the market analysis, got things going, and unfortunately, he wasn't able to continue along with it. Yeah, right. But from that point forward about, I think it's about three years ago at this point, I did start teaching myself Unreal Engine. So... Awesome. start to finish game development. So I was like, you know what, this has lit so much of a fire in me that I have to do something with this game development thing. So I started researching, seeing what was possible, what could happen. And I just, at, at that moment, I felt like things just made sense because... I've always had that love for games. I've always been a lifelong gamer. I mean, I have sunk, I think at this point, and I might get Twitter cancelled, I have sunk probably 7,000 hours into a previous RuneScape account. Oh, I mean, we've all been <laughs> there at various
0: points. I don't know if we've put 7,000 hours in. No, we've all been there okay. at some stage. Yeah, it's... Um... I certainly did. I backed the the OG RuneScape. Oh, Yeah,
1: yep. Yep, hours and hours and hours. And then life I life. had that tempting
0: that. moment when I think they, like they, I can't even remember how long ago it was now, but they put out almost like the World of Warcraft cl- classic style thing. They did RuneScape classic,
1: and like, oh, oh, yep. I could do. It. Yep, it's a live. And and well. I just pulled, I pulled myself
0: back from yep. the edge of the
1: cliff there, but it's a rabbit hole. Um, I've <laughs> I've recently gone back down that path, and um, I'm definitely moderating myself, and so far so good. But it's you know a nice nostalgic. portion control. Portion control, you, you got to do it. Otherwise, it's a grind that uh, just distracts. Um.
0: <laughs> and also just to, like you, you said um, you know little independent like I, I don't and I'm sure everyone else listening as well I don't think anyone reads like negatively into that at all like the, the scale of independent development is very different to what your friend would have experienced working again like on the likes of Doom and Quake and those 100%. sorts of titles so yeah it's not it's not yeah I don't think you ever meant it in like a derogatory sort of sense but more the scale the scope is is small
1: typically that's all it was yeah, yeah. It, it was literally going to be three people spearheading the whole thing which to me is a very very small project whether it's indie triple I i don't think a triple a game is possible at that scale i mean i'm sure there's out someone the out there trying to prove us wrong right now yeah but... yeah absolutely oh, yeah. I, I i wish them well i hope they as do. a
0: general rule i think you're 100 correct yeah
1: so um the the independent game that we were hoping to to make i mean it was just very very pre-pre-production at that stage but it, it made me so thrilled. I just felt something carnally that was just like, I have to do this. So yeah, it took up Unreal Engine. They've got so many learning resources. And like you said before, the accessibility is fantastic. It's free. Um, unless you make like a million dollars, then maybe it's not so free. But I mean, if you are a million dollars, at that point, it's so. fair. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, just learned it all. There was a, a course that a friend recommended and did that. Learned sort of the arc viz and just foundations on how to navigate through this crazy technical beast that is a game engine yeah I'm sure a lot of your listeners have tried a hand at working in a game engine but when you're first starting out and you have no idea what you're doing it's it is tedious like there's just so many different areas to go and I mean even though they have so many UI and UX people at epic and you know for unity and everything it's still just so much that you have to traverse and typically people are only
0: developers that listen to the show so i'm sure there's a lot of people going oh yeah yeah i I remember i remember that
1: absolutely yeah it's but it's worth it it's worth it for sure so i guess over the years was just learning by doing and just finding different resources that i could follow to make sure i just continue to learn the right things and uh try to break bad habits as well as you might form them uh, event tick is one of them. I don't know if there's an equivalent in what well, there would be in Unity, but the event tick is basically it's calling it every single game tick, so like many, many, many times per second. So if All you right. attach anything to it, it's basically going to make your game run like a snail. <laughs> okay. Okay. Right. Yeah. I mean, certain certain respects you can definitely get away with it but you want to make sure that you put in some logic to make sure that it's only being called at, at points and everything anyway I'm going down that rabbit hole um, and again
0: plenty of people listening going yeah. oh yeah yeah right <laughs>
1: <laughs> of my lifestyle things yeah. so that's alright yeah it's good fun so um, yeah at that point I was teaching myself well programming how to implement animations I would never do rigging or animation myself I just I feel like I would happily leave that to other <laughs> specialists yeah but uh, Mixamo by, I believe Adobe actually they have free animations that you can use for by oh, people cool. again um, I'm hoping that they can do like quadrupedal and stuff eventually that would be really cool but right now it's basically just humans you can get them rigged automatically they give you all the source files and you can uh, download different animations to go with it but you still have to implement them in game so I've done a couple of 3D platformers well I've done one 3D platform and then recently did a game jam as well that was uh, a lot of fun it was a two-week one which I don't know that I would do again I would almost just say let's do 48 hours and uh, and be done with not, it not yeah not sleep and not eat and just you know go go your hardest and see what you can come up with I feel like doing it over two weeks I did feel burnt out at the end of it that's for sure and it was yeah, just makes a mad sense. rush
0: yeah yeah the, the shorter time constraint forces your hand yes you might be exhausted but you can kind of put the queue in the rack afterwards and get some sleep if you got it multiple weeks that's just enc- that's just time that encourages you to keep tinkering and keep fiddling and keep adjusting and keep stewing on new ideas. Yeah, I I totally understand where you're coming from there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It can bring
0: out the worst in you sometimes.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely say that. I I felt like I was being a little bit of a not a monster with the team, but I just I was just I I care too much, and that's my problem. Is I was trying to get us to push to just have something. Uh, deliverable at the end, which, you know, in my day job, not not at all what I would do as a producer, but yeah. when you're actually in the trenches and everything, and you're trying to just get something done, you're sort of brute-forcing it, and what can we call, and what can we do? But, yeah, I'd say a 48-hour, a 24-hour game jam would be awesome, but a two-week, just, yeah, by the end of it, I just felt, like, irritable, and I just want it done, I just want to get this thing shipped, and just... The exhaustion. Yeah, oh, that's right. But, to be honest, it's probably... Well very different but you know a lot of companies that have to do crunch, crunch at the end of yeah that's right there's probably parallels there yeah for sure parallels yeah i wouldn't say it's the same thing but yeah definitely parallels
0: yeah it's a it's a really it's a really fascinating space that kind of and one that obviously is a big industry wide conversation the crunch one but you know there are those parallels there and um uh, yeah, it's something that I think we're all still trying to discover the best ways to avoid it and manage it and those sorts of contain it, channel it in the right ways, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah. um, I, I'm sure across you know, develop, uh, developers big and small, there's always little elements of it that creep in, but how you can kind of do it in a sustainable way, I guess, in a, in a way that support, still supports everyone that no one's you know being... There's no one... It's being burnt by it, I guess, at the same time is, is the big thing.
1: No, that's right. Absolutely. And I guess the the problem with the Game Jam was, like, the whole intention was for it to be super fun and I, I just felt I was maybe taking it a bit too seriously. But, again, it came from a good place. It was just because I care, you know. Um, no, nope,
0: that's fair enough too. But So, you're dabbling in games at this point and you... you um And obviously there's the sound design side on the other side. We should probably touch on that before we jump across to Mighty Kingdom. So... um, And the music and all of those sorts of things. So there's multiple creative endeavours going on at the same time here what was that like what's it what's it like how what does it look like today still for you
1: yeah given that you are
0: more in a you know producer sort of role how do you get to kind of engage with that side still outside of guitar hero and you know maybe (laughs) one day um beat saber and those sorts of things
1: (laughs) yeah that sounds good i'll definitely look into (laughs) that one um i would say the good thing about being a producer and having previously worked in project management roles is you're a little bit more practical, analytical, and it's more about people and process. Uh, But 99% on people and communications and making sure that you're supporting people in the right way and that everyone sort of has a shared vision and everyone's looking to achieve the same thing. And occasionally you get little blockers that you need to remove. So I guess the fact that my day-to-day as a project manager and producer are very Practical, I would say it's nice to be able to almost refresh myself doing the creative stuff. So, with audio, I use Ableton Live and do a lot of uh, electronic music production. But yep. I tend to my favorite thing lately has been sort of the intersection of organic music, so like world music, world instrumentation. Like I use a lot of traditional instruments like uh, shakuhachi and koto. Yeah, right. Um, and I'm going to be experimenting very soon with sitars as well and yeah i i just i've always loved using world instruments in in sort of ways that aren't aren't known in modern music like just doing i've actually built an entire album previously that will be released at a future date but it's it's just in mixing now so it's all done where you're almost pairing like stranger things analog 80s synths with like beautiful japanese instruments and everything so i'm really excited about that one yeah it, it almost sounds like they shouldn't work right but I, I love to challenge myself to try and find ways to make those tones suit and actually play well with each other and use different sound design techniques to make that happen. So um, sound design is something I do even when I'm just composing or making music. I, I just love to have that at the forefront of, you know, how can I make this feeling be evoked to the players or the listeners? Yeah. So that's always at the fore- forefront. And that that's just where I found the creative side naturally uh, came. And, yeah, it's it's been fun.
0: And as I was doing my digging, I you know, stumbled onto YouTube where there are some little samples and bits and pieces that people can check out, right? So um, if anyone is interested, please make sure to go and jump on YouTube and have a bit of a look or listen, I guess more specifically is probably the, the key there, but make sure to do <laughs> that. Um, and obviously, yeah, you've got these you know, multiple different creative endeavours that you're spinning, but now as, you, as you've become a producer at Mighty Kingdom, how did that, op- and it's, it's still fairly recent, but how did that opportunity emerge for you?
1: Yeah, so that opportunity, um, again, so I guess go back to three years, uh, slowly building up the game development skills, just making my own projects on the side, because I knew that getting into the game development industry was the goal. Yeah. Whether it be audio or uh, using my pro- product uh, project management skills in production, you know, I would be more than happy either way. Regardless, yes. the, the audio stuff doesn't go away. Like, I'm always doing that in my spare time. Basically catch me on any given weekend for at least two days out of the week and um, I will be doing that quite quite happily and refreshing myself but the production seemed like more of a viable career pathway in that I can help facilitate teams and sort of I don't know act as a bit of a, a backup or a support for people people usually think I don't know project managers and production is all about leading or tasking or telling people what to do and, like, being the leader and everything. And yeah. I, I don't think it's at all that. I think it's really about facilitating people and making sure that they feel supportive, supported. Rather, they have what they need and making sure that you give people the psychological safety they need to fail as well and also making sure that you walk the talk. Like, um, you know, I, I go to work every day at Mighty Kingdom and I'm excited because I know that my team has my back on any of the projects I'm working on. And, uh, you know, I've had that previously in other the other jobs, but I just feel like there's layers at working in this industry that you're celebrated for being a little bit quirky, you know? Whereas yes. sometimes yeah. I felt a bit more like the black sheep at previous uh, places of work. And that's not at all any bad testament to the places I've worked at. They have all been fantastic companies to work for, but, you know, ultimately a means to an end and, you know, quite happy to be working in this industry but I I just I think that the creative minds and the artistic people that we're surrounded by it's just really refreshing to be able to show up every day and know that you've got their back they've got your back and you're all working towards creating some really cool things together and whether it's failures successes you get to celebrate them together and just have a bit of a laugh <laughs> it's almost no, that's, like that's a places where having a bit of a laugh felt like you know can i
0: <laughs> can i get away is, with this or is, is someone going to slap me on the
1: wrist for not doing my job <laughs> little bit little bit you know it's 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 not like you know i feel abused at all from previous work yeah. places but it's just it's just different like you go into this industry and you think it's all it's going to be cracked up to be and to be honest it, it kind of is like i just feel really fortunate to be uh working in this industry and anyone who is looking to to break out into the games industry i would highly recommend pushing for it
0: I would well, I mean and please you know correct or clarify if I'm wrong but I mean games at their core regardless of the type of game that someone is trying to make whether it's mobile console PC VR you know jo- you know in the million different genres that we've got um or subgenres that we've even got like at their core games are typically meant to be fun and Absolutely. I feel like if you can't have a fun working environment then are you nece- necessarily going to create the most enjoyable game
1: it's true not necessarily
0: because I think that energy that you have around you spills into the product that you're making or the title that you're making the creative um, product that you're making yeah so nice I, I think that's i think that's really important and i guess you spoke about kind of the the way that the the industry celebrates people of all of all walks and you know qu- you know quirks as you excuse kind of use your own language from before and and that is apps i mean from all the experiences i've had with all the guests that i've had on the show over the over the years everything i've seen and even just you know from the news that i've read and other interviews that people have done, those sorts of things over the years. Like, I don't doubt that for the slightest. But one thing that I've consistently heard from over here in Melbourne and even you know, the likes of having Philip Mays on the show in the past, Mighty Kingdom seems to do it that bit better than others. So what is it about the studio? And admittedly, again, you've obviously only been there a brief period, but that itself brings an, like a fascinating perspective as well. What is it about Mighty Kingdom and what uh, what they're doing that... I guess potentially, and I don't, is is better than so many others in your eyes, or the, or even without the better part. Um, like what is it they're doing that's just so great?
1: I totally get what you mean. Don't don't worry. I didn't I didn't view that as. I, I know, didn't want to anyone to go thinking, "Hey, or... I'm just saying your
0: shit in comparison." Don't even no, worry. No, no, I... Mighty Kingdom's <laughs> top, and you're somewhere after daylight. Like I wasn't trying to suggest that, so thought I'd pair that back a little bit.
1: <laughs> all good, all good. So yeah, Mighty Kingdom is definitely. Doing great things when it comes to diversity and making sure that we have underrepresented folks um, no longer be un- underrepresented at, in, in the business, right? Like we we have lofty goals to have a large majority of our staff member to be female as well as non-binary or diverse folks as well. Yeah. Um. And I I just I love that the fact that they have it physically built in. I mean I remember, um going through and signing all my policies and everything. And it, it's fundamentally built in effectively. And yes. I, I love that. And I, I just, I don't hear about many places that put such a big focus on people, people's well-being in, in all walks of life. And it's almost like, to be completely honest with you, you know, I, I moved to Australia eight years ago to be with my same sex partner and working in male dominated industries, even as sort of, I, I guess you can say, uh, people have said before like straight passing or I guess more mac- masculine representing yep um gay man like it you still you, you catch a lot of flack and we've still got a lot of work to do in that domain but I still feel very fortunate and very privileged where I am but there's a lot of people that need additional visibility you know specifically non-binary people and people that maybe don't represent any any specific way you yeah. know and transgender people as well, and everyone else in the lgbt um qi plus community i just it, it's very important to me that people get the visibility and the support they need and i just feel like at mighty kingdom there's no filters like it, it's almost as though in the good way in a good way, just in, a a good way. No, no no absolutely <laughs> what, what i mean is that there's no there's no need to omit who you are as a person there's no need to walk in at work and be like oh you know i I gotta be cautious about saying he you know you don't want you
0: don't have to put that facade up you can that's right you
1: you, you can just say what it is and people they either don't care or they care and either way is fantastic because the way that they don't care is it doesn't matter to them like you are who you are and they they value you who you are or it does matter to them because they want to celebrate it with you. And that yeah. to me is just I, I look, I'm getting a bit warm and fuzzy thinking about it now because but you can't I, go I, wrong that way, can you? <laughs> you can't. You can't. And it's it's really it's really uplifting and it's just nice that, you know, we even have like a Slack Pride channel and it, it's really nice that, you know, during the month of June you just see it fly off, right? Like everybody's posting memes and just, you know, everyone's celebrating in their own way and just reaching out and supporting each other and it's just fantastic. And I love that. And I just haven't experienced that at previous workplaces. Um, Not to say that there's been any... I fortunately have not faced any real abuse in previous workplaces. That's fantastic. It is. I've been very fortunate, Uh, you know, as most queer people are, they would have tend to been bullied, you know, in the past. And it is what it is. Uh, It's not an excuse that it's okay, because it's absolutely not okay. And we do need more, more of a conversation about this overall um yeah i mean it's it's very important to me there's so much work to still be done but i just still waking up every day and knowing that i can go into work and just i'm okay you know and even if people disagree with the way that i live or disagree with the way that someone else on the team lives it it's they they wouldn't say anything you know it's just like there's still no judgment fundamentally there's no judgment um and if there was, I have so much uh, what's the word? confidence that it would be dealt with in just the best way. And I, I don't even think it's an issue at, at all. It's nothing but support. And yeah, I don't know. It's it's a really good feeling. It's a really good feeling.
0: Now, that's that's great to hear that, you know, obviously in the workplace, in your specific workplace, that's that's the case. And I guess, and sorry if I you know, swing it around on, on me for a second, but like, and cycling back to the teaching thing. Sorry, listeners, again, but... I mean the like so much of this stuff and as you sp- uh, spoke about there's still you know the non-binary portion of the community there is is one that perhaps um, is still needing that that bit of extra support at the moment there's a, there's a larger i guess amount of co- broader community lack of understanding I think in some in some ways not even a lack of compassion but a, a lack of understanding in the first place and what what has been really fantastic to see just through my what are we now 11 years in teaching um, I I think back to when I first started and there I mean I don't want to cast the widest net in the world because I wouldn't have dealt with every single student in the school at any given time of course but I can't think of a single student who was outwardly declaring I am this or I am that or or in, like there was whether it was the old you know I'm scared to or there was the community pressures or what, whatever the reason might have happened to be that wouldn't be the case and now I think about 2022 just to where we are obviously right now this this kind of uh, this current point in time and that's not the case and i see so much celebration uh for for people of any background um and it's it's really it's really warming to see and you don't like i don't hear little quips in the corridors as i'm walking through you don't see see anything you don't and I can't say that's the case all the time in school. This is just obviously anecdotally, you know, the experiences that I have as I'm as I'm moving through the place. But I also fancy myself as being pretty well in touch with kind of the the kids for the most part. And I don't, you just don't see or hear these things, and it's it's really good to see. And again, obviously, I can't speak about other schools and that sort of thing, but it's it's really fantastic. And I hope that that is representative in a way of where we as a society are going. That like this next generation that is coming through, or these continued generations that are coming through. The education is there the the exposure is there and so the understandings there the respect is there all of those sort of things that kind of stem from that it, it feels like it's all on the right track and again that is just my anecdotal experiences but yeah I, I feel good about where we're going as in as a society in that space i suppose
1: i agree um look i, I will say that these these sort of things are always difficult to to talk about right like they're they're hard conversations because there's there's a lot of um, people in our community that are under um, scrutiny right now in certain areas of the world and I, I don't want to get into that by any yeah. means but it's it's about raising awareness and having those conversations to make sure that you can continue to educate people and I have a lot of respect for people uh, specifically like yourself as educators that are there and seeing it day in day out and seeing the progress and, and I agree I think that we've made a lot of stride in the queer community as a whole but i i do know that there's a lot of work to still be done um and look some people some people sort of do it in different ways to be completely honest i i tend to um celebrate pride every day in, yeah. in my own way and you don't need a month for well, it. well look i i don't want to make it about that because yeah i mean well, no, it's, it's
0: important to have it but like the, the there's also the every day can be a day to hundred percent. Be yeah, the best absolutely. I can
1: be and and I guess I, I try to do that in my work just by being completely visible and not omitting who I am as a person and yeah. I just I feel again, I'm probably sounding like a broken record here, but at MK it, it's just really it's really nice to to be able to have a stand up and have a bit of a joke with your team. You know, you might have twenty people on the call and not feel conscious about yeah. having to, to Think about the pronouns of your your partner because you don't want to rub someone the wrong way and you know a lot of queer people have to live that way and there's a lot of queer people that have to be cognizant about how they identify with people and well identify themselves and how they present themselves with people because you know they don't want to get harassed or bullied or anything like that and i i will say times are changing slowly and we yeah, will continue to have process uh progress over the years but it's just that that little little bit. How do you eat an elephant, right? I I, I don't think you should or <laughs> would, but. <laughs> That's by apparent, time, but I, I follow it's what you same. mean, though. I do yeah. understand what you mean. Bit by bit, one <laughs> one bit step bit. at a time. That's it. That's one it. mouthful at a time. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. And I guess one little takeaway is, um, uh, as you do find that more and more people you're surrounding yourself with are non-bi- non-binary, and they they you know. Let you know about that. It's it's important to just be respectful of their pronouns. And I will say, I've never been at a workplace that's been so fundamentally just visible about that. Like people are encouraged to put their pronouns on, like their Slack profiles and stuff, as long as they want to. And we have a lot of sort of cisgendered people that do it because they want to help their non-binary folks have more visibility. And and that's fantastic. Like that's that's what it's about. So yeah, yeah, I would definitely recommend people. Um, do do things like that more and more and yeah just continue to have the conversation and it might be uncomfortable for some people and you know some people might have opinions that sort of maybe don't progress things as much as we'd like yes but we just need to have the hope that the more discussions we have about this kind of thing the the more that people will come to honor that and respect each other for all of who they are
0: <laughs> yeah no i think that's yeah. the the most important thing right is that the, the respect is there the courtesy is there and everything else that that progress that we're all looking for will continue to just naturally develop i assume yeah we hope
1: absolutely yeah definitely
0: now it's a hard it's a hardish pivot that we're that we're jumping into here but um continue with the the mighty kingdom kind of trend there and, and what you've been up to the the projects themselves What's what's it been like now that you're actually in this industry properly? You've, you're you're a know, part of a, well, Mighty Kingdom's the biggest studio in Australia. Though like this, I mean, the, you know the, what what is going on there? There's so much going on in the studio there, and you're I'm sure you're seeing so many plates spinning day in day out, and so many really fascinating creative endeavors going on. What have been some of the highlights of this time so far? And it is obviously early, but what what have been some of the highlights so far? I guess that you're allowed to talk about too. <laughs> we'll,
1: we'll yeah, the the old NDA. The <laughs> yeah, He's got, well,
0: right right now. Dakota's going to tell me everything, and I'm sorry, listeners, but I'm just going to go beep over the entire thing, and you get nothing. <laughs> no,
1: no. All we'll, right, let's we'll, get to the really we'll heavy there. details. Yeah, let's get straight into it. So, the <laughs> a-drop. All right. Um, I would say that I'm actually in a fortunate place to where most of the projects I've worked on, actually all of them so far, in my uh, short time there so far, have been all live ops, which means that they're live and fully playable with the players, which is awesome there are a couple that are currently in soft launch with a small part of the community and actually i think yeah just one just one and then the other two are fully live so the first project i was on was called ava's manor yep and uh also recently brought onto barbie fashion closet as well as star trek lower decks
0: oh yes yeah okay yeah that's i mean there's some there's some cool titles obviously and um and i mean a couple of those also fairly large ip in their own right Yeah, absolutely um so that's and that's you know that that's really exciting of course and it's speaking to lots of different audiences um across you know across the platform then obviously we are early days and there's there's plenty i'm sure you you can't talk about right now but it must continue to excite every day right
1: absolutely yeah definitely I, i would say that um Avis Manor was a project I was on for um, a number of months, and, and that was that was fantastic. It's nice to sort of, it was a little challenging to come into a team that's been so, you know, I guess such a well-oiled machine, and that's the only real way I can describe it, is that the team was just so used to their um, content cadences and just making sure that they get it out to the players and it's at a high quality, a high standard of quality. And you know, that was always refreshing and super fantastic. but in the same token it was i had to be very cautious because i didn't want to come on board as the the producer of the the game and you know make waves or sort of put a spanner in the works or make anyone feel uncomfortable so yeah i mean that project was a lot of fun to was a lot of fun to work on um yeah the team was fantastic the game itself was very quaint i i love the narrative of the game I'll, i'll admit i'm not a huge fan of like playing cards like uh it's it's based on a, a solitaire tripeaks game, yep. which, look, it's it's fun, it's fun, but um, it's not typically I, your thing. I'm I'm pretty biased that the narrative itself is just fantastic, the storyline and everything, and the meticulousness that's gone into it. Um, yeah, just a, a just a huge huge advocate, and the game itself just has a really good feel to it. Um, no, that's fantastic. Yeah, it's been a, yeah. it's been a lot of fun to work on.
0: And again, kind of cycling back to those uh, production and project management sort of qualities there, it, it is interesting you talk about you know, you're coming on and you don't want to necessarily, I can't remember the exact word in there, but you know, don't want to upset the ap- apple cart. And I guess like, you, would, you would come in with some of your own philosophies on how, project man- like, how we kind of manage these projects and things. But I'd imagine when you, when you find yourself a new face to any sort of team, and regardless of the role, but I think even more so when you're in a project management or production sort of role, there is that time where you've got to get a bit of a feel you've got to get a feel for the team and, and the dynamic that they've got and what has worked so far and then from there you start to that's exactly not right. manipulate manipulates a horrible word for it but like you know, there's ways you can optimize and you can bring your strengths and your qualities um, to the fore as well
1: definitely no agree agree and and that's exactly the tactic I took um, whether it's like the right way to do it I you know it's it's ultimately up to the the person that's coming into the team and the team and sort of the d- dynamic but i i would say that the, the best thing i found was to just make sure that you can naturally just sit back listen understand and get to know the team and sort of the dynamics between everyone and just put in your own ideas as they come along luckily the the teams themselves at mk are very Um, invested in everyone's well-being and they want to be involved and they want to involve each other so I didn't at all I wasn't concerned that my ideas were not going to be you know taken seriously but you obviously don't want to come in day one and say huh I have this idea that's right yeah 100% so had to do it slowly and tactfully and observe and learn first 100% and to be honest I suppose that goes for everything
0: (laughs) yeah no absolutely I think it's yeah regardless of the the industry you're in kind of some kind of stoic uh, Learning I'm the ropes there. first, yeah. I'm pretty Sick impressed. To... I'm pretty impressed with that line actually. Observe and learn. I'll go with that. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna sure. trot that out in class for tomorrow. I don't know when or how, but I'm gonna find a way to do that. As we start to wrap things up, is there anyone out there that you've looked at from afar, or that you work alongside currently, or potentially in the past, I should say, that really inspires you in the way you go about your work?
1: Yeah, I would. Um, one of my colleagues. Her name is Ali McLean. I think you've oh, actually... Yes, yes. <laughs> yes, Ali's fantastic. Yes. yes, she is fantastic. She's a huge inspiration. Um, I had actually taken over from her on Ava's Matter. And, um, you know, I, I'm sure she wouldn't mind me sharing, but she, she got promoted to development manager. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, she's just fantastic. The way that she handles all the interactions with people in the team and just fosters such an inclusive workplace and makes everyone feel so valued is just definitely something that i want to continue to sort of observe and learn and take it in with everything i can because yeah i, I think previously working at sort of more domi- i don't know dominating industries like engineering and it you can you can understand that there's a lot of i don't know it feels like sometimes there's power plays and tactics yeah. that just don't you, you don't need to have them And I just feel like now being in more of a creative industry, it's not so much about proving points just to prove points. It's about proving points to have them and make sure that they hold value. To better the team, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Like Make sure that what you're standing for needs to be stood up for. And yeah, I just feel that Ali does a really great job of that and just is very finessed about her work and everything. So yeah
0: not a bad person to try and model some of your work <laughs> work on animals <laughs> no, a fantastic right, fantastic choice <laughs> and oh, i guess this quick next question kind of blends in with some of what we just discussed anyway but maybe there's some other memories as well do you have any particularly valuable lessons or experiences you look back upon fondly that you know kind of inspire and drive even today
1: hmm.
0: or yeah you just look back upon fondly as just being a particularly awesome memory from your time within within this space so far
1: Oh, specifically in the industry?
0: Oh, I mean, it can be from uh, prior to getting into the development scene as well that again might be help, uh, you know a fuel to the fire even today.
1: <laughs> why? Why is it that the last the last question is just like absolutely stumping me for some reason? Oh, it's,
0: um, I try and break people at
1: some point. <laughs> <laughs> you're doing a great job. Um, I would say that a a fond memory or i guess thing that's really lit a fire in me not to point to something that i've already discussed with you but it was that phone call with my friend who's worked awesome. play games because i mean it just it, it literally was what what stood me what steered me to the direction that i am now which is happily in the industry um it, it takes time it takes a lot of work it takes a lot of attention i cannot stress that enough i don't think we actually really talked about the the sort of effort that goes yeah. into learning all these skills as well as
0: it doesn't happen overnight
1: no and also doing it while you're still working full time i mean it's, it's a bit of a grind and maybe blame runescape and my seven thousand hours there <laughs> on like not being afraid of a good grind but um it's 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 nice to have something you can point to and say right that was the turning point we all love a transformational story even though life isn't always that simple <laughs> yeah. um, it's yeah i guess that conversation and being able to have that sort of person in my corner that is doing the thing and you sort of look at it from afar and you're just like wow that's really cool i would also like to do the thing and then you just slowly slowly but surely just do little things every day yeah and then eventually things might just be stacked in your favor right yeah but it takes so a lot I of well. work and effort i'm not going to sugarcoat that <laughs>
0: yeah no let's let's not pretend that any other any otherwise there that's that's how this industry works there's a lot of a lot of effort that goes into to making the incredible games that the consumers get to enjoy afterwards absolutely now you thought that one might have stumped you but we'll see how the next couple go but these are a lot, lot lighter in comparison oh wow i thought that these was are a lot lighter <laughs> in comparison don't worry if you could be credited for any game at all retroactively add your name into the credits doesn't matter. It can be special thanks. It can be for something specific in a game that you really adored and you wish you could have been a part of that. What game would you pick?
1: Probably. And if there's a particular Kazooie. facet of it,
0: of course, it, it's Magic
1: Kazooie and um, oh, yes. collab with Grant Kirkhope on the soundtrack would be great.
0: <laughs> well, I'll desperately try and get him on the show, and I'll just throw your name out there for him and see what we can do going forward.
1: Someday, someday.
0: Well, maybe the okay that that went a little bit easier than I expected. Then maybe the next dance, maybe the next one is either. Potentially the very same, very same answer, or I don't
1: know. I'll, I'll try to mix see it up. Let, let's hear what it nope. is. Go on.
0: <laughs> Similar style thing. If you go back and replay any game, so strike it from your memory and get to experience the game fresh again. What game would you pick? Banjo, right? No, no, no. <laughs> oh, and I'm not. Okay. I'm
1: not even going to say RuneScape because I could easily just make another free-to-play Freedom. Well, that's another seven hours, just... <laughs> seven thousand hours lost. No, I don't even you know. Don't I have wheel, that, seven thousand hours of like actual gameplay left in my life. <laughs> <laughs> that is so many hours There's No, it still boggles them. my mind um, let me think for a second
0: here I'm just going to run some quick numbers 7,000 hours, I'm a math teacher oh, I should no, be able to don't, don't embarrass me 7,000 divided by 24 <laughs> that. that is 291 292 days
1: so that is almost a year of my life that has just been spent playing that game, that is um, time well spent Look, it was because I enjoyed myself. Could I have done other things more productively with my life? Some could argue, but yeah. I would also say that you know it builds. I don't know. Eventually, I'll be able to put RuneScape seven thousand hours on my resume, and it be viewed as like ah. Sometimes when you're on
0: the in, uh, on the show in the future, and you've you've got so many more game credits under the belt, and you've got all these broad experiences, to be able to go reflect upon it and go, actually, those seven thousand hours really helped with this, whatever that yeah, happened to be.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um. Oh man, I don't want to take the easy way out and say Benji kazooie I would say, I would say Snowboard Kids. Okay. Snowboard Kids '64. Yeah. Another absolutely. fantastic choice. The, the original, not for the Snowboard Kids before. Two. I, I loved Snowboard Kids Two, but Snowboard Kids, um, the OG was yeah fantastic. Bit Love more them. magic to the OG one. Hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Well, that no more curly questions for you. That is where we wrap things up, Dakota. So much uh, thank you so much for coming on the show and and sharing this journey so far. It's it's been a fascinating one, and as I said, maybe we'll be chatting in a few years, and you've got you know more credits under the belt and a whole host of different other experiences, and I'll be fascinated to chat again. But for now, like you've been doing some incredible things, and thank you so much for coming on the show.
1: Thanks very much. Appreciate if, it.
0: If listeners want to learn a bit more about what you're up to on you know the day-to-day or even more about what mighty kingdom is up to where would people be best to go
1: yeah i would say um either linkedin or instagram i guess at kodaswav is probably where i'm the most um i guess yeah active Just active yeah yeah yep. but i mean you are be stalking you on linkedin today so <laughs> <laughs> it's all good it was mutual i had to do the same no, <laughs> in I mean, the best who, way who is this clown <laughs> um yeah i mean i mean look from mighty kingdom perspective um our website is probably the best way to go about it as well as linkedin they definitely post uh quite a bit on the channel and i i love it oh man i'm i can i just give a lot of respect for the mighty kingdom branding i don't know what it is about the branding overall that just has always drawn me in it's just fantastic so big shout out big ups to them and um yeah keep it up (laughs) no
0: and and i mean totally different reasons but you too like i said you're doing some incredible incredible things and have had such a great journey so far and I, I can't wait to see what is to come so once again as we wrap things up thank you so much for coming on the show
1: thanks paul and same to you really appreciate what you're doing for the community
0: and listeners as always thank you very much for listening i'll see you next time That concludes this entry of Dev Diary. Be sure to subscribe to this feed, share with your friends, and give us a five-star review to help boost the show up the charts for greater exposure. If you have any people you'd like me to reach out to an interview, then please find me at PaulJamesGames on Twitter to help me get in touch with them. Until the next episode, however, that's been Dakota's Story. Thank you much for listening, and I'll see you next time.